1: To this damn show. Damn it. You're the in. Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape.
0: Real life, real drama,
1: real time. I'm Gary Snoods. That's the
0: That's end! The F. That's the end. That's the end.
2: Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Krayshawn's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come, baby, come, and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast.
1: Baby baby
3: to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week, we are talking about Scott's pick of Urban Legend, a movie that I think Scott said this last week about Book of Shadows. The more that he watched it, the more that he liked it each time. That's kind of how I feel about Urban Legend. I remember seeing this in the 90s when it was released on VHS and being like, fuck that. That's just like a scream wannabe and then maybe saw it one other time and thought, that's eh, a little bit better. But I had a good time today watching Urban Legend. <laughs> Scott, why did you pick this bad boy?
4: I have been threatening this movie yeah. for a very long time, and I went with it today. I was hoping that Brian would see it in Trello. First of all, that was a fucking mistake. But second of all, um, I was hoping that if Brian knew that we were doing Urban Legend, let me rephrase that. Did he that. come
3: running out of the shadows and join us? Yes,
4: if, if Brian knew, <laughs> that Daniel Harris, his long-lost crush that he almost spoke to at Monster Mania
5: 2019... But was attacked um, by a stack of pizza boxes instead.
4: <laughs> I gave him every opportunity, and he fucking he he pissed it away. Anyway, I thought that maybe if Brian knew that we were doing it finally that he would be like, I'll make the time to be on this show. It's okay, he's a busy boy, we'll get him back someday. But it's just like I saw Book of Shadows coming through, and I thought they're just so thematically stylistically the same they're both that late 90s early 2000s it's just glossy you know everything it's, looks it, so shiny
3: it's something that so here's what I came to after nice. watching can I find it anywhere <laughs> 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 oh my god god damn it this oh, is it the Blair
5: bitch project we already talked about <laughs> uh,
3: so it's probably watching... pirates watching watching Blair Witch 2 and watching this and and thinking about them th- through the lens of like these were movies that I either didn't watch because so many people hated it when it was released mm-hmm. or I watched and was like kind of let down by I think it comes down to something that I mentioned I want to say it was on the Disturbing Behavior <clears throat> episode but maybe it was even a more recent episode than that which is I think now that we're 22 years removed, Mm -hmm. there is some warm blanket effect that is that scream influenced style of horror films for like that five year period of like 96 to 2001 that is just so comforting and so enjoyable. Even if the movie is complete trash, I'm just like, I am having so much fun because, like, these are the regular faces that I would see in every yes. one of these movies. Like these are, it's the same rotating group of cast members and it's these weird meta inside jokes. And it's like, Oh, ha ha ha. Joshua Jackson's car is playing the Dawson's oh, Creek man. theme that song the for a few seconds. Great movie. bit. Great fucking bit. But it's like, I, it's I was all, like, I shouldn't have done this when I watched yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. It
5: doesn't happen it, early on where you almost turned it off,
3: but it, it's, it's all of that. Like it's, and it's so illogical. Like if Brian was here, the biggest thing that he'd be harping on is the twist where he's like, it is, f-, he's like, there is nothing on this planet that will convince me that that 99 pound girl yeah, was like yeah. carrying these bodies to and fro at her bidding. <laughs> like it's no. so outrageous. But uh, There is a comfort level for
5: sure. Yeah, Cause I, I think that th- like.
3: I felt Go a ahead. comfort level just with the TriStar theme. Like I think that that is oh, one of yes. the themes yeah. that gives me so much comfort and I don't really think of it as often as I think of, like when I hear that trauma music, or when I hear that full moon music, or like that the dimension logo, yeah, yeah like line, yeah,
4: logo yeah, yeah, always yeah. got but me. And you're right, the TriStar, the Tri-Star does have really,
3: it. Damn. That song is fantastic. Like that little 20 second music with the, yeah. and and I know that a huge part of it for me is you always have like. You know the same way that 20th century fox has appeared in front of a ton of movies but for most of us it is the sound of star wars about to begin like right. the yep. tri-star the tri-star theme for me is the sound that i'm about to watch monster squad because when mm-hmm. i was a kid I'd put it on and you'd have that horse galloping past the screen and then he would jump into the logo and then boom, it's Monster Squad time. So yep. like, I think that that's part of the comfort for me, but it yeah. is just a really great song that was in front of a lot of movies I loved as a kid. Oh, yeah. There's
5: there's something that like... So I, I've talked about it on the show before, but have I don't have... I have the appreciation and the love as just like a cinema viewer, but I don't have the nostalgia for slasher cinema or like even like... Sure. late 80s into early 90s stuff but this as we've book t- uh, as you can tell by my picks uh, in the past year on this show plus what we've talked about even on other picks from this era and I'm going to certainly touch on today this era of film does something for me that warm blanket effect that you're talking about Matt is like is so it for me and this is a first time watch for me i've never watched Urban oh no, nice so there's not but any sort of nostalgia, nostalgia going into it yeah i slipped right into it like it was like oh it was like it was exactly it i do think jamie blanks like it, it, between this and valentine like is like, i'm so knows. glad you didn't
4: pick that as my double feature <laughs> yeah
5: <laughs> dude like i like there's something there's some knowledge there there's a like well because I, I i looked into it a little bit and the fact that jamie blanks Didn't get Scream. Didn't get... I know what you did last summer. But Mm -hmm. got Urban Legend. And it almost felt like there was a little more flexibility to do... The references or the kills or like whatever it is, still with major studio hands on it, as you can tell. But he's a first time, you know. I think Urban Legends a first time like major studio director. Yeah, from what I read,
3: he went. He wanted I know what you did last summer so badly that he went out of his way to shoot like a five minute teaser. of what his movie would look like. Brilliant. Yeah, like it's like this is how bad I want this. Um, and they were like, nah, we're good. <laughs> brilliant,
5: brilliant at the time. Because yeah. like, now you can shoot a five-minute whatever the fuck you want and put it wherever the fuck you want and nobody can give a shit.
3: <laughs> but at the time then, that's brilliant. I will say one of the things, though, that is the big difference, I realized, watching this to something like a Scream. You know, you watch Scream, let's say. Scream or even Scream 2. But, like, both of those movies, they really take their time Building these characters and like very slow kill. There's low body counts in both of those movies. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Like ultimately, it's like maybe four people get killed before the killer reveals himself. This girl is just killing people, fucking left <laughs> and right every ten to fifteen minutes. Is a little discretion, scene. but a lot of preparation because it also
5: has a tie-in to tie into an <laughs> yes. urban legend. So it's like there's a lot happening here. Well, Look, I, think, all, I think the killer's OCD a genius
4: kind of killer. You know, yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. I like that attention to detail. I like that holiday theme, my dudes.
5: Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, she just, uh, certainly like. She obviously is. All she does is think about killing, or else we yeah. wouldn't get to this point, right? There's no. There's ABK, no. Always be killing. Always be killing. <laughs> that's baby. <what I> <laughs> there's certainly no like everything is premeditated for sure, but like that's all she thinks about. There's no mm-hmm. other like. There's nothing else, and I think that like some killers. It's like a side hustle, but for her, it's, it's as we come to find out, complete vengeance and total obsession, and it's so, I mean, I, I don't know. It wasn't a great payoff for me, but I was like,
3: I liked it. I was I, like, this this works. I had a real, like, Bernstein Bears, Bernstein Bears type situation happening, because I don't know why, in my memory, I swore the third act of this movie took place in, like, the, in a... Room, like in like a college course, <laughs> like classroom, <laughs> oh, not shit. just okay. like in a random dorm. But again, I watched this. The last time I watched this, I was a freshman or sophomore in college. So we're talking like fifteen years separated. Oh yeah, uh, it's funny for how much I enjoyed this movie. I'm looking at my notes. These are the snarkiest notes <laughs> I have ever <laughs> written about a movie. I just want to. Re- I just want to read a few of them real quick because. <laughs> because it seems so weird to me out of context like i don't know how i would even mention these so here's just a handful of the notes that i have written down in the snark that i wrote them oh good at least people aren't talking about how the news media is causing a bunch of shit in 2022 anymore (laughs) Um, another one said who designed this radio station mc escher um, there's another one that's truly, says. and there's that's microphones everywhere Oh well, I <laughs> thought
5: there was microphones everywhere until I figured out that Tara Reid was wearing a wireless mic. But yeah, I was wearing- like, I was like, she's running around this entire building, and we're getting airplay <laughs> from her screams. Like she never left. The but booth. did
4: they have fucking wireless back then that was that reliable? And that's bullshit.
0: <laughs> like whatever yeah. it was, I swear well, she wasn't wearing we a headset. Dude, when she I've ran seen out. this movie
4: so many times, and you are killing my suspension and disbelief. Yeah, you're sorry, oh, ruining don't you the wear- next time I watch this movie.
3: I've got a few more. How don't does worry, this whole Bloody goddamn camp <laughs> how does this whole goddamn campus have one cop? <laughs> What's the <laughs> next question I have? Because
4: she's badass, she watches fucking Pam She um, watches movies, coffee Pam and Greer, Foxy
3: Brown and yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Uh she shows up how in the popular- sequel too, by the way. Does Another she- note I yeah. love that. Another note just said, How popular was this parka exactly?
0: <laughs> so- <laughs> I don't know. Why don't you ask fucking Yo, I'm gonna um, tell you New Scott
5: Hampshire? Pilgrim- <laughs> yeah, I, fucking New Hampshire, that's some New England shit. That's like pre-North Face, but like, uh, the predece- that's well, the predecessor to North Face completely. Where do you
4: completely. think Pendleton University is supposed to be? It's absolutely <laughs> Connecticut. Well, so because I know, she said I know, she went to, out to New Hampshire. Hampshire. Oh, I almost went to... Okay. Oh, wait. She was so, like, but I, almost went to thought, went but
3: to I wrote NYU, New Jersey but but
5: in my notes. I thought it was Jersey. <laughs> All
3: right, wow. Well. No, you wouldn't see anyone in Jersey wearing that shit. No, uh, and then, clearly. They would and have to be wearing the
4: puffy... You know the bumblebee jackets. Yeah, that's what they were wearing with
5: cigarette burns because the ash flew (laughs) off and started burning the nylon. The
3: last two sassy ass notes that I wrote down while watching this. Why is every helpful person in this movie creepy as all hell? Yeah, (laughs) and why is this dorm set up like a shitty house of horrors? Yeah. That, yeah. That's the end of my notes, but well, because like, I'm telling
5: you right now, early, late '90s, early 2000s, college buildings were not letting anything go to waste because they were on their way to just charging ten grand increments each year. They were not yeah. gonna let an, an there was no empty buildings on any college campus. No, I promise no, no, you. No. That. No. But,
3: but so so I do want to jump back to one of my notes that I wrote, kind of snarky about like the creepy people. But in the very beginning <laughs> of this movie, we have the Brad Dorf cameo. Yeah. He's, Love it. He's that's he's, my first. He's note. the gas station attendant. I. this is going to sound snarky when I mean it sincerely the skillful way in which he subtly notices that there's someone in the back of the car as an actor without like mm-hmm. actually revealing it to the audience unless you're watching with that expectation mm-hmm. is so masterfully done um, and then giving him you know great writing to give him that stutter so that he can't just tell her the information you know yeah, I mean, like yeah. it's it's very well, it's a very well-scripted opening scare. Yeah. Um, like, your opening set so well. piece, it's so it's paced perfectly. There's this beautiful flyover she shot, can't sing. too, of the gas He's station.
5: In. She cannot sing. It's the second best uh, use of Total Eclipse of the Heart after <laughs> old school, obviously. Yeah. I fucking need your Jamal! I'm uh, throwing
3: another one in there because I'm sure in a couple years we'll cover it. I'm pretty sure, unless I'm wrong, Kyle, isn't the pool scene in The Strangers 2 set to total eclipse of the heart i haven't seen strangers oh my god it
5: is i'm glad it's in the running strangers 2 is
3: legitimately a semi-decent movie made into a great movie just for the pool sequence with total eclipse of the heart it is unbelievable how well that scene is done
5: as a person who doesn't know how to swim the pool (laughs) scenes are always scary to me so if they can make it interesting and scary for it um But oh, it's, I it's it is movie. it is a great use of total eclipse of the heart. And there is this beautiful flyover shot of the gas mm. station as she's running that's i mean clearly not a drone like yeah. it's, you know what but i mean? didn't but it's have just, drones in 1989 right. when they it's were this filming this shit beautiful shot and the pouring ass rain and brad durf coming out and screaming it's like and we already know that my love of snopes or all, all of our love of snopes really yeah. and this played so well into that this was yeah. just like i was think i was remembering oh i, I was
4: obsessed with urban legend books in the 90s did you have I alligators
5: have- in the sewer the this hardcover. Hold on.
4: No, I didn't. I had. And I'm he's, sure he's, his headphones are off. He is. He is running off. Yeah, to my, a mine shop. are back there. I have <laughs> the Mexican Rat.
5: Um, who's that by? The, so this is uh, this is by Thomas J. Crowell. Uh, okay,
4: mine were by Bertrand something or
5: other. I read this book like it was the fucking yearly <laughs> all <Bible>. or Guinness <laughs> Book of World Records. <laughs> Truly, like it was like one of those books as a kid that. I would return to and look up. It was basically an encyclopedia for me, um, yeah. along with Snopes. Like this was like this was my this was my personal one, and then Snopes was my easy access if I could get on my grandparents' dial. Get, yeah, it, it, like it was. You know, so that's
3: the sound of the yeah. The, the modem. So oh, we'll talk about some dial up in this movie. Oh yeah, no Hell doubt. yeah. <laughs>
4: Kyle was like, oh, in the '90s, they weren't wasting any space at liberal arts colleges. I went to a liberal arts college. Every dorm in this felt like the best dorms on my campus. I just, I can smell them. yeah. Because they smell like, I don't know if it's like lath and plaster or what it is, but they don't smell bad. But they smell yeah. kind of like an old book, but it's not yeah. venolin which comes out of old books. So it's it's this it smell that I can't place, but I know as soon as I smell it. So my college was yeah. referred to as the Princeton of the pasture land because it's in Ohio. Love it. And, and so like, and Princeton, is is pretty much what Pendleton is ripping off, in my opinion here. I just, I think that I like this movie more as an adult after going through college because I saw it when I was in high school and I liked it well enough. I just, it kind of like fell by the wayside that the most exciting thing about it was that Danielle Harris was in it. Yeah, I thought she was super fucking cool because she was in Halloween 4 and 5 and I was like, oh my God, she's a great child actor. Oh my God, she's still doing like horror because I think she was like in the Goosebumps or something. I don't know what she was doing. She was doing other stuff that was like Horror adjacent because I was on these Angel Fire sites, like reading about Daniel Harris before IMDb was a thing, and I was like, "Oh, that's super cool." And then she showed up in in Urban Legend. I was like, "Oh my god, that's Daniel Harris," mm. and um, it was super cool to me. And I thought it was a it was a totally like platonic, super awesome experience to see her in that. But I was just yeah. like, it, it didn't fulfill what I needed it to fulfill for how much I loved Urban Legends at the time, because yeah. Like Kyle, I was obsessed with him. So I enjoyed it, but I didn't love it. And I think that that is also why we didn't discuss this before. But I will tell you guys one really quick snippet that I found out, or that I, I'm sorry, I knew it, but I had forgotten it. Mm-hmm. My dad spent his freshman year of college living in a fucking morgue. What? Um, what? Yes. He went to college in West Virginia in the late 60s and uh, mid to late 60s. And it All they had when, were morgues. Oh, well, uh, the the um the thing is that, th- that he was in the first wave of baby boom, kids okay. going to college, and they had they did not have enough space for the amount of students that were coming in for his class. His class was the first class. It was like 1967 or something like that when he was hitting college. The overflow there were like three types of of male students there there were the frat guys there were the independents and then there were the morgue guys and he was one of the morgue guys and apparently when he left and moved and went into the the air force he took one of the placards from the fucking morgue with him and then so he was in storage when he was in the navy or i mean the air force and when he left the air force they were like we can we can ship it as far away as you came to the air force it's a weird
5: fucking like ultimatum
4: (laughs) yeah well they were like i guess that albuquerque and where he was from was equidistant so they shipped it back to his parents house he didn't move there he moved he was going to move to the new to new england and Mm -hmm. then that fell through he moved back with his parents and then moved to ohio and so in my parents attic somewhere for the last 45 fucking years my dad has held on to the placard from his the the dorm the morgue dorm
5: that he lived in in the 60s isn't that insane yo Morg dorm that needs yeah, to, it has to be something new band here yeah, right morgue dorm morgue dorm is, <laughs> that's the
3: name of your next album right Morg
5: <laughs> morgue dorm is out of control like yes that that story is i want to see that plaque uh, uh, like he was like, percent. "I will
4: find it before I die." Yeah. I was like, "I hope you hurry up." I Dad. hope
5: you do. <laughs> I will find it. If you don't find it before, I somebody will find it, I, and I'll get it out. <laughs> but it's it's going to be in your
3: presence, and I can't wait for that. I've got <laughs> two things wild. I want to bring up real quick. Um, one is as we're talking about colleges. So a lot of the kids that I've been working with for the last couple of years have graduated high school, and they are currently in the middle mm-hmm. of their first or second week of college. And oh, shit, yeah. I texted one of them to see how it was going. And her response uh, will live in my brain for a while. She said, so far it's pretty mid. I feel like Disney has overhyped this experience way (laughs) too much for it to succeed. And as soon as she said that, I'm watching this movie and I'm thinking, yeah, man, even as a kid, college, like these movies gave me such a bad understanding of what college is as we're watching this urban legends class with Robert Englund where he's like, who wishes to come up here and eat the Pop Rocks and drink the soda? Matt, Matt, (laughs) Matt. Matt, ask me what I'm drinking this week. Scott, what are you Fucking drinking this week? No, yeah! no, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it, Scott. All right, That's so incredible. So, Kyle, oh tell us God. what you're drinking, and while Scott tries to kill himself, we're going to do my second right. thing I want to talk about, which I'm is the really exciting. I'm <laughs> purely
5: drinking a bush light for college. <laughs> I know it. I've done it before. I'll do it again. It's just, I Urban legend was hard.
3: Yeah, all right, so let's talk some No, but money. apparently
5: not. Scott fucking nailed it. Yeah, I nailed uh, it. Like, if I can do – a Milk on Butcher Baker was great, <laughs> but this is honestly – this is fucking top-notch. I'm yeah. so I'm proud done. of you. I'm done for the rest of the
4: I'm year. I'm so no proud way. of you. Unless all we're right. doing Silent Night, Deadly Night, then I'll do Eggnog, but that's it. <laughs>
3: all right, so I do want to talk some quick casting real quick because there was two characters – in oh. this movie that they went through a couple different Fucking options before hitting. they but the landed. Thing is,
4: is the cast is stacked anyway. Mm-hmm. The cast
3: is stacked. So our main lead, uh Alicia Witt. Alicia Alicia Witt, her character of Natalie was offered to the following three women before they got her. And I think that all three of them would be decent in the role. Um Reese Witherspoon. Oh Melissa Joan Hart. No. Nope. And Jennifer Love Hewitt. And Je- Jennifer Love oh. Hewitt said that she turned it down because she didn't want to be typecast as like as a slash, slasher like film screen yeah. Girl.
5: Uh, Reese Witherspoon would have been fucking great.
4: Oh, Reese yeah. Witherspoon would have been amazing. But the thing that's so funny is that he probably wanted Jennifer Love Hewitt because... She was in, I know what you did last summer, and then that was, he wanted that so bad.
5: Right, right. Then the the next Jamie Lee, basically. Like, that that would have been the next coming of Jamie Lee, should she, I mean, maybe. I don't know. But she could have easily been that.
3: They said that they actually ended up going with Alicia Witt for a couple different reasons she's a solid actress for sure right. mm-hmm. but oh, it was yeah. like jennifer love hewitt is like <laughs> is already tied to a slasher movie but then the other two are kind of seen as such wholesome good girls that it mm-hmm. felt like it made sense but they're like but here's this girl who's like acting credentials involve a bunch of david lynch properties like right. it's just such like an out there concept um but then the other one was the role of sasha that ultimately went to tara reed um, they had two different people who signed on and then had scheduling conflicts. So that was originally going to be either Sarah Michelle Gellar but she couldn't do it because of the Buffy oh. schedule or Jodie O'Keefe but she couldn't do it because of Halloween H2O. Wow, dude. Um, dude, no it's in crazy. the same. They're all it's, circling it's that, the same dream. That's what I'm saying. They're all Fuck That's dude. what I mean when like these characters are all these actors were so I want to say interchangeable, because that sounds No, but they're negative, all but, in high demand. Yeah, they're all in high demand. But I actually think, as much as I love both of those actresses, Tara Reid's voice adds such a sleaziness that this character needed on their radio show uh. that I don't think I would find believable. I don't think I could believably hear Sarah Michelle Gellar's constantly peppy-sounding voice saying those, like... Awful Dude, sexual innuendos. you're
4: Forgetting Sarah Michelle Geller in cruel intentions.
3: That is true. That's
4: why it feels so it's it it feels okay, so I I don't have any love for Tara Reed at all. I mean, I don't think she's the worst in this. I think that this is probably her second This is person. her
3: at her best, I think, honestly. No, I but think yeah, she's better in Josie and the Pussycat. Oh, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But here's the thing is that I feel robbed because I, – I don't think Jodie Lynn O'Keefe would have worked because Jodie Lynn O'Keefe, Megan and I were literally talking about her yesterday and Megan, <laughs> like, checked her IMDb and her Wikipedia and her Instagram because that's how Megan does it. And she's like, oh, she's – She it hits all the spots. She hasn't done all – she really does. But Jodie Lynn O'Keefe, I feel like she got robbed of an amazing career. And, I, I mean, and if she's happy with where she is, that's awesome. Great, good for her. I feel like the problem is is that she – I mean, and I think I mentioned this to you, Matt, at least in passing, if not on an episode, but I thought she was an actual bitchy person because of how good she was in She's All That. Brian has said the same thing before.
3: Yeah, Brian has said the exact same thing because when he... I forget what he said he was watching her in, but he was like, when she wasn't the bitchy character, it like threw him through a loop because he's like, no, she's the jerk in all of these movies. Yeah. Like. I mean, and she's relatively wholesome in H2O.
4: And I mean, I forgot that she was in H2O until you had me rewatch it for the show, like five years ago or whatever it was. But I feel like Sarah Michelle Geller has Tara Reid is not a good actor. I think Sarah Michelle Geller is. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and also Sarah Michelle Gellar played a kind of, kind of a dicky character in, I know she did last summer and I would have loved to have seen her in Tara Reed's role as Sasha. It's not something I'd ever thought about, but now I know that it was an option or a possibility. I feel a sense of loss. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm okay with Alicia here. Witt. Yeah, I'm mourning, I'm mourning Sarah Michelle Gellar. I feel a sense of loss with that, Alicia Witt is fine because I feel like the survivor girl needs needed to be someone that I didn't have any expectation for. And I had never seen any Lynch before this right. movie came out. I was a fucking corn fed little idiot, you know? Yeah. I think that it worked fine, but man, yeah, that's, that, that that's feels like a to loss to me. Those alternate Sarah universes. Geller Michelle Gellar would have just been and, perfect. And Scott,
3: that. I've got one other piece of fun trivia that, is if it you fun don't or is know, it hurting me? Is it gonna no, hurt? No, this me? is no. This will bring you joy. Okay. Did the campus look familiar to you?
4: It did, and I read, but not enough.
3: It's also where they shot Killer Party.
4: Dude,
3: <laughs> dude. what a Man, fun fact!
4: Can I just pick that as my double feature right the fuck now? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, goddamn, no, I, I have I have a double feature, but if I was triple featuring it, Killer Party. Listen. Everybody, I don't know what number it is on the show, but re-listen to our episode of Killer Party. Watch Killer Party. It is one of the best stupid-ass Evil Dead Two ripoffs you will ever see. I've never seen Killer Party. Oh, bro, I have it on tape.
3: Yeah, that that episode features a, a Dylan Lyles pre-Christmas three sixty-five oh, yeah. Dylan Lyles.
4: I remember <laughs> Dylan. You invited Dylan on because of Icon versus Icon, and I remember he was like. He had no idea what he was coming into. And then he watched Killer Party like the night before and he was like, this is incredible.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's never watched it since, but I have. We do have to address the, the faults in movies that we watch. You that fucking dog did nothing. You know, no. Brenda... Like that is, I don't care. You can you can shove a guy in a bathroom and shove some pop some pop rocks and some cleaning supplies down his throat yeah. all you want, but you leave that adorable goddamn dog alone. That was the one moment I almost shut oh, this yeah. shit off. <laughs> I was like, I'm done. Yeah. Oh, well, I fast forwarded through for that because I knew it was coming. Um,
4: yeah. But the best thing about that whole frat scene is the editing and the color. Like whatever yeah. gels they used are just so late 90s, early 2000s. It's it really. It feels so good. I it it's does so feel it like so it does
5: truly feel like if you were to turn the lights on at a frat party that, that is that's that's realistic. Like it I is, think I like I've it been was to frat parties.
4: That's exactly what it looks that's, like. <laughs> that's, if
5: you were to fucking turn the lights on, if the cops were to show up and the lights were to go on that's what it uh, it felt like, and that must not have changed for many years, because okay. clearly, you know, this is what what ninety nine two thousand, yeah, you know, and, and, and I'm I'm partying in, in twenty fourteen or whatever, and it, or I'm sorry, uh, two twenty ten, and it's clearly the same. Uh, yeah, to me. Uh,
4: the more things change, the more they stay the same as far as frat parties go. But no you know kidding, what dude.
5: Doesn't stay. the same? But that's same. the only way to heal from all the tragedy that's happened is to go party. <laughs> is the
4: Party! Did you guys notice how um, Tosh, which is Daniel Harris, Daniel Harris's goth character, so Alicia Witt comes in and sh- and she interrupts Tosh getting her fuck on like intense listening to stabbing westward
3: so stabbing somewhere that was (laughs) some rob zombie spook show baby going on oh i'm sorry
4: stabbing westward (laughs) so shows up later when she comes in and and alicia wants to get on she wants to check her voicemail and tasha's like this is my phone line too and i'm like
5: Yeah, that's why you should share, asshole. That's why you deserve to get choked to death. The voicemail will only take a couple minutes. Really? Yeah, and then truly. you can get
4: back on and talk on AIM as long as you want, goth princess 666. <laughs> she was checking those Angel
5: Fire uh, websites oh, yeah, she about, her, check- about her. Exactly,
3: yes. Good job,
4: Kyle. Way to bring it back around.
3: <laughs> There's also some monster magnet in here when she's oh, yeah, texting uh, on dude, goth for goth. Need-
4: we- abs oh it's vampirefreaks.com be real <laughs> we have to do an episode about the the needle drops in this movie i know we do yeah because so yeah, anyway. the
3: soundtrack is very underwhelming it was like a seven uh, song ep that they young? released christopher young
4: christopher young wrote the orchestral
3: themes oh, re- for this movie the no, guy let me who wrote hell racer really? yeah wow. the music that the the album that they actually released for urban legends Urban Legend, the music from the motion picture, is seven songs. Yeah. And it featured all none of it. the songs that you can think yeah. of from this well, we movie. We did need a drop episode.
4: We could get yeah. a lot out of it.
3: They only oh, paid I was... for
4: royalties for it to be in the movie, not to
3: distribute it. Yeah. So they paid for some tracks from Stabbing Westward, Cherry Pop and Daddies, Bonnie yeah, Tyler, The Crystal Method, Monster <laughs> Magnet, Rob Zombie, Paula Cole, and... The Ohio players, which I forgot about this, the fact that the Ohio players love roller coasters playing in the background of the party scene is for a specific reason. Scott, do you know what the reason is? No, you tell me, please. There has been an urban legend that the scream in the back of that song is an actual recording of someone being murdered over 911, and it's playing in the party where the guy is mentioning that they're hearing a scream from an actual 911 phone call like it's like a double layered reference then they listen to tara reed get murdered on the radio we're talking about
5: warm blanket shit like like, that was the snopes music specific (laughs) urban legend (laughs) that i loved because i was like oh it's the album version it's not the like the you know the radio version so then i was trying to find the album version to hear the thing and then like this you know i went i think i actually because i used to one of my first jobs was working at a college music library so connecticut college has a specific music library because they have a huge music program so lps sheet music cds whatever and i remember going and getting the ohio and like i would already been a few years removed from snopes by this point but it rang in my head being like i need to know like what they mean by this yeah. uh and yeah that scream and when you the same way that we were talking about blair witch episode where you left blair witch and only got spooked on the Ride Home, Scott, yeah. the same thing sort of happened building up this mythos about the scream that I couldn't find or hear any other time that I somehow would hear Ohio players. So it would only be on that CD of the album version. And then when it hit, the chills existed. And then like the understanding that it wasn't real happened, but all the buildup to it being a legend and then trying to associate that legend with what could have happened if it was yeah. true was like I, I just I loved it because unfortunately for me the urban legend stuff is actually one of the weaker points of this whole movie
3: well, cause like she, she breaks her entire mythos the second that there's more than one person there and she's like well I guess there's no urban legends with a gun but whatever it's like no dude, <laughs> but like I like the whole it thing because gets thrown out the her fucking revenge window, is more literally.
4: important than than the the ritual of killing in 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 uh, an urban legend. Right.
3: I, I mean, I get it. She's a crazy person. She got the person who killed her fiance in the first five minutes of the movie. The rest is right. just weird collateral no, damage. She,
0: th- 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 it's it's
4: there. There were two people in that car, there and then she has to car. create emotional anguish. Yes. But listen, I got off topic. I blame all of you. Um, That's true. That's fair. So I really want to drill down. I want to stab westward with this comment here. Um, Did you notice that Danielle Harris does not lose her rhythm with her beanpole fuck boy when Alicia Witt comes in? She's like, shut off the fucking light. She's still like, you know. Oh, she's
3: multitasking. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
4: I mean, I don't know. She's very
5: serious about her work. Yeah.
4: (laughs) And, and I just feel like we lost a real talent when Tosh got murdered because what could we have had?
5: We really yeah. started stabbing eastward at that point. We yeah. totally changed direction.
4: Uh, more southward than anything, really. I, I think I, <laughs> I was I was definitely going south. So <laughs> my buddy in college was in a long-term relationship with his girlfriend who went to a different college about two hours away, I wanna say. And every weekend, either she would come stay with him or he would go stay with her. And they were both products of broken families. I'm not saying that as a diss. I'm explaining the architecture of their relationship. It had to work, all right? And so because it had to work, my friend was forbidden to masturbate. He was not allowed to look at porn. He was not afraid to, allowed to masturbate. His his girlfriend would check his internet history. Mm-hmm. And um, one time, I want to say junior year, um his ex-roommate, who's still a friend of his living down the hall or in another um, another part of the same building, bursts into his room and is like, dude, you have to see this. Goes onto my buddy's computer and goes to this website, like, I think it was Vampire Freaks. I, I, I mean, I did not make that joke earlier to bring it around to this, but pretty sure it was like Vampire Freaks or some other bondage, BDSM, kink-friendly type message board. And there was a girl, the only goth at our school, who had done bondage play pictures and posted them there someone found it and was sharing it with, with the entire the link with the entire school to humiliate her because she wasn't popular and mm. so my buddy's roommate ex-roommate was like laughing about this and my buddy was like dude you can't do that guy leaves my buddy doesn't erase his history his girlfriend comes for the weekend checks his history and like Almost breaks up with him because she's like what is this shit? You're looking at and he's like I didn't do like how Unbelievable is it for you to be like I didn't do it my old roommate came in and showed it to me Dude, But it was the truth volatile. and he yeah. like he made everybody on the hall come into his room tell his fucking girlfriend to her face as he's like Ashen his face is so white thinking she's gonna leave him and she's like did, did is he lying to me and, sh- and we're like no it literally happened exactly as he said it was she went to a different school you you have three kids now um yeah yeah but um they didn't break up they've been together since they were 16 um i don't think it's the healthiest relationship i'm sure it doesn't sound very healthy
3: from that um, story but but yeah so so (laughs) you can always
5: you can always grow from that the the, going to two (laughs) different schools like i mean carly and i certainly did not have anything like that but there were certainly questions of like What's going on? Because we we're both experiencing college for the first time with no other siblings who had been to college, like no frame of reference. Kyle's- so we're both just like. Are you okay? Am I okay? Are we okay? Yeah. Like not. Kyle's like history, that certainly like, wasn't
3: the case for me. I was slinging web all over the dorm room. <laughs> yeah, but- yeah. And Carly's semin <laughs>
5: and, and Carly's Christian college education. She was doing the same. So it was really really wild. She had a, she stashed a Seagram's wine cooler so that they wouldn't find it in her fridge, and it was wild times. But that is I, that's fucking hysterical. That's an like, insane but- story. <laughs>
1: To this
0: damn show,
1: damn it! The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape.
0: Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Snoots. That's the ad. That's, That's the ad. That's the ad.
2: Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Krayshawn's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll To Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past to Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Baby baby come come, come, come
0: baby, come, baby, baby come,
1: come What would you do if you had the ability to sync minds with your best friend, a partner, maybe even a stranger? Would you share the deepest part of yourself with them? I can already read your mind. Then what am I thinking about right now? You're thinking about how much you want people to support our Kickstarter for our first feature film, Sync. You're so right. If we raise the money, we can make an amazing sci-fi thriller about mind-syncing and toxic relationships. Support Women in Film and check out our campaign now. Just go to kickstarter.com and search Sync. That's S-Y-N-C. Or click on the link in our bio on social media. And follow us at Femregard and at Sync the Movie. Mm. Them.
3: All right, guys, I know we're having a good time, but the guy that I met on goth for goth is on the way with the lithium. So, Scott, if you have a second, <laughs> can you tell us what you're. It, <laughs> How do you know that Matt has never
4: done a drug? <laughs> He's coming over with a lithium for right me. Now? Are you. I said
3: the lithium, but whatever. The, oh, okay. uh, what it's is your double feature way. there?
4: <laughs> my double feature is not a horror movie. And is that breaking Ooh. the rules? I don't fucking no. care.
3: Loser. Good call. Because
5: it's literally the exact same party scene. Yeah. Uh, I I it was mentioned briefly. Disturbing behavior was my uh, oh yeah. double feature. I just like I I already did Cry a Wolf time. a couple times, and I don't necessarily think that it would match well. Though it sort of has those. Th- I mean, it would actually. It actually would match really the colors, well. Colors. But I don't the saturation the. Bro, light. I don't need to watch Cry Wolf more than I've already uh, subjected myself or anybody else who might be listening to. It's on its way. So, um, but disturbing behavior. I just, I don't know. Totally different like theme, but still, just I don't know. I just love it. I just think it works.
3: I almost wrote down Scream 2 because I mean, let's face it, this is Scream at a college. Scream two, is Scream at a college. But I thought that the most appropriate pick for me, something that's true to my heart, true to my childhood. I went with Campfire Tales. Uh, the you urban laugh, you're legend. A puke, you'll die. Yeah, the the that's great. urban legend. Anthology film. Um, I actually was thinking about it earlier today when I saw a post on Scott's wife's Instagram about a note that he left
2: her. Oh, <laughs> tell him, tell him. <laughs> he just he left
3: a note underneath the printer that said people can lick too. I think is the, the I did. Longest I did. And the funny
4: thing is, is that she. So um, she asked me if I would print something for her. The printer is under our shared desk. We have because since we both work from home, um, our desk is like a T shape. And um, in the middle, there's our printer. It's only connected to my computer. Um, and so she was like, hey, honey, can you print this for me? And so I went under the printer, I went under the desk to the printer to grab it. And I was like, I was watching under Urban Legend. and I was like, oh, I know how much she loves the people can lick two story. And so I go underneath and I'm like, Putting my finger down the the like the ball of her foot and she hates it because she's super ticklish. She's like kicking at me and then I laugh and I get a piece of paper and I write "People can lick too" in like my worst scrawl possible and I hand it up to her underneath the desk as she's in a meeting. <laughs> she hates me. I'm the worst fucking coworker ever. And then the funnier thing is that after she posted it, she was like, "So Scott, I I uh, researched that urban legend and we have the nomenclature wrong. It's humans can lick too." And I'm like. But honey, the best part about urban legends is that the words don't matter. They
3: all change,
4: and that's the whole crux of this movie. Is like, no, I heard that it was so and so that did this and that, yeah. and so <laughs> right. it, it was perfect. Scott,
3: what did you what did you watch this week?
4: So I definitely watched this. finished this at least a week ago. At this point, so it'll be a couple weeks by the time this comes out. Hopefully, we'll get a second season of it. But um, I. Thoroughly enjoyed Neil Gaiman's *The Sandman* on Netflix. So good, so and good. And it was so I have mentioned before. I loved everything DC Vertigo put out. I I read everything I could get my hands on when I was in high school and college from the DC Vertigo line. I think the I mean, *The Sandman* isn't my favorite. It's the second favorite. *Swamp Thing* is obviously Alan Moore's run of *The Swamp Thing* is obviously my favorite. But the fact that they so lovingly presented that first collection of of the Sandman stories, and we even got like Dream of a Thousand Cats and Calliope as bonus episodes, at, um, or as a bonus episode, you know, half episodes each. It, it was just so satisfying. The diner episode. Um, yeah. That one was the one I was most worried about them getting right because it's a really perverse story. I think they... Mellowed it the slightest bit and did a really good job. And I think that they actually expanded the the uh, serial convention In a really great way to wrap the story up a little bit or or to like tell the story a little bit more um, Immersively than I think the comic book did because it's just a different medium and I am really really hoping that we get another season because I was super, super apprehensive, and I was so happy.
3: Kyle, what have you watched that you want to talk about? I went to go see My Chemical Romance.
5: Yes! Yeah, you did. You're not okay? Listen, I'm not. <laughs> I Listen, I this is going to be blasphemous. It's actually even blasphemous to me, but I've realized that I have to be honest with myself, and as an adult father who works on a Thursday night when My Chemical Romance comes on at 9.30, and they are expected to play an hour and a half and i have i'm in a casino it's at a casino arena uh and i need to get home to relieve the grandparent babysitter that's here. all in all i'm saying that i didn't stay for the whole show please i know i understand it hurts my soul in some ways but i've also come to terms with it in others we stayed for seven songs that's, great show I think that's they put great. on a fuck it. it's more than I expected to be honest Dude, I was so, like you know Carly and I were talking we were openers? like uh we didn't get to the openers Carly and I went to go eat dinner um there was there was two openers scheduled and we walked in as the last opener uh was leaving the stage so um but they they open with foundations of decay which is the new single that they put out I didn't I fell off of fandom at Black Parade so I actually yeah, don't sorry. know much of that album at all and then Beyond like no danger days no nothing for me. Um so for me they played I'm not okay, they played Hang hey, High and Ooh. they know you know what they do to guys like us in prison which Did they not
4: play ruled. anything from um they play my customized
3: bullets. sets for each city. So they they're
5: changing their up set. their
3: set for every city.
5: Yeah. So they certainly probably did play oh, something okay. from "I Brought you, you My Bullets," you which does bum me out that I probably missed. I think they mm-hmm. played. They've been playing. This is the best day ever. Vampires will never hurt you. Those are the two that they've been playing most, and I did. I mean, we just couldn't. Like Carly and I. Like I mean, and Carly is not with demolition lovers, right? Oh, so end end I don't think they've green? played. I don't think they've played Demolition Lovers on this on this tour. Damn. But they've been adding. They've been dropping in new. Like haven't played setlist.fm or whatever the fuck it is. Has been a huge. Savior. I love Setlist FM. Man. It's I great. love it so much. It's great. All this to say is that if and I don't know how far into this reunion tour that they are, but if anybody can get a chance to go, I know the tickets are fucking insane the we we were able to go because it was at a casino and somebody in our family was able to get free tickets which is great it was a packed show but like they the casino always reserves certain sections for you know <laughs> family like people just whatever they they fucking ripped i saw them in 2005 and then i saw them briefly in 2012 open for blink 182 we missed most oh, wow. of their set and nobody's seen them since what 2015 or whatever so yeah. like you know, but it it was it was it was great. I had a fun time. There's
3: a docu true crime-ish docuseries on Netflix. It is heavy as fuck. So it is not recommended for everybody called The Web of Make Believe. Um, it's four stories over five episodes about situations where the internet led to horrible horrible situations. Um, so it's like an episode about swatting. Somebody, uh, when someone swatted a house and the person was killed during the SWAT. Um, it's very powerful, but like I w- even was texting Brian, like it's unsettling because a lot of time when you watch like a true crime thing, you can like remove yourself a couple steps. You can say like, well, I would have acted differently in this situation or like this could never happen to me. But because it's all stories that you have seen, have heard about, have seen with your direct family, it becomes really heavy. Um, my personal favorite episode, Uh, just for how I think it's just beautifully done is literally interviewing a woman who became a white nationalist during the 2016 um, election. And she was part of the group that ran over those protesters. Uh, I forget where Charlottesville, but Charlottesville. Yes. So she was part of that group and her like pulling herself out of that and telling the story of like how she got corrupted into it what was like her wake-up call to get the fuck out of there she's now created an internet forum for people to like get out of that thought process mm. and like become better people but it it is it is a hard watch like mm. for five episodes that are all under an hour I had to take a break after every episode and watch something yeah. else because I was just like all right I can't what I can't just binge uh, the web of make believe. Mm. Um it's it's really it's really well done. Then there's like one or two that are just about like hackers and they're kind of light and you can get through it towards the end, but the first three they they came out guns blazing. We're going to hit you with some heavy ass shit. Netflix um, does
5: a really good job of that
3: particular yes. type of true
5: event, whether it be mm. crime, I mean mostly crime, but like just like really difficult societal uh, integral thing yeah like
3: that's yeah they handle it with a really graceful balance which is, yeah. in, which is tough. But yeah, cannot tough. recommend that for everybody. But if that sounds up your alley, it's definitely worth watching. But I, I again, would recommend maybe not making an evening out of sitting down and watching. Uh, uh, it ain't them. no binge, bro. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe over five days, watch watch one episode a day or something. But yeah, mm-hmm. do, do not be like, ooh, I don't know what to do this Friday afternoon. Matt Kelly said the web of make-believe was a great way to kick off the weekend. Set myself up for a good week. Is it about yeah. Disney,
4: guys? Yeah.
3: <laughs> But that was Urban Legend from 1998 as picked by Scott. We'll be back next week with even more horror movie night.
0: To this damn show,
1: damn it! The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast, brought to you by Geekscape.
0: Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sneed. That's the ad. That's, That's the end. That's the ad.
2: Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Krayshawn's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll To Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast.